ditched the service plan like 15 minutes ago. So you guys can go sit down for now. John West was going to preach this morning, but we're changing the plans. He's going to preach next week. (laughs) So shout out to John, humble, flexible man of God. I said, hey, I think God wants to do this. He's like, bro, I'm ready whenever. And if you know John West, that's the story of his life. Ready whenever. Lord, we thank you for John West. And does somebody put some hands on him? We're going to bless him this morning. Lord, we thank you that he is a righteous man, and therefore he's ready whenever. Thank you for his humble heart before you. Thank you that he is a man with no guile, a man of humility, and of a, with a love for the Lord and a hunger for the things of God. We thank you for the way that he loves the church and the way he loves this church. We bless him today. And as we just agree with him, Lord, it's true. He's ready whenever. We trust him. We trust him, Lord. We trust this man, his character, and what you're doing inside of him and what you've called him to. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, so I'm obviously not prepared for this, but we're going to have a great time. And I want you to stay wide open to the Lord right now. So I'm just going to start telling you a whole bunch of stories that I was going to tell you next week. But we're doing it now because it's going to be fun. And, oh, yeah, sorry, kids. Y'all can, that's why Anna's back there. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Clearly unrehearsed here. Okay. Okay, so I'm just going to jump in. So this last week, because I don't know how long, oh, yeah, last week, forget the timers, bro. I'm just going to do my best here. Uh, Isaiah 33:20. Open up your Bibles to Isaiah 33, and John, you can just get that verse ready for later. So this last week, uh, I was in Rome. I left last Sunday after church and got back last night. We're obviously, we're a part of a movement of churches called the Antioch Movement. You've seen the map on the wall. Don't know when the last time it was updated was, but you get the point. There's people in a lot of different places. And every, every three years or so, depending on, on if COVID is happening or not, uh, somewhere in the world, all the team leaders from around the world get together somewhere in the world. So a handful of years ago, it was Amsterdam and then Dubai. And this, week, this last week, we were in Rome. So all of the U.S. senior pastors and then all of the people who are leading international teams from all around the world we're together, and then some other folks from around the movement who are leading different things. So there's about 300 people or so uh, meeting together in Rome, and we do it just to like get together. Obviously, we don't ever get to see each other very much. The movement's growing. It's good to build relationships. You get to connect. I mean, it's just an amazing family. And you know how like when Jimmy was here a few weeks ago, everyone, you know, you know we're a part of the movement. You've seen the map, but then Jimmy comes, and you're like, we really are a part of something. There, <laughs> He's real, you know, Antioch is a real thing. And it's kind of that in like a big, way bigger scale, you know, when we all get together. And I just want to share some stuff about it. And so I have no point to all of this other than God is ridiculous. And I hope you get absolutely rocked and blown away by the goodness of God. And I'm going to share some stuff. We're probably going to end up praying together for a couple of things. We're going to have the Gambrels share at some point. They were supposed to have shared already, but we're going to get to them. And they're going to lead us into some time of prayer uh, and stuff like that. But just be open to what God's doing in you and, and, and calling you to right now. So it's just amazing. So we, the first day, it was, the outline of it was like three days, I think, of basically sort of 
sessions, you know, with everybody all together. There's supposed to be some teaching and worship and things like that a couple times a day. And then uh, the last day was like meetings and stuff. So it's just one of those th- places where you step into the room, or I'll say I, I stepped into the room on, I guess it would have been Tuesday morning, and there's, you know, 300 people in there, and it's the, you, you walk in, and it just, it feels like you just stepped into something, like, whoa. I'm looking around the room, I don't know everybody at all, but I know where some of these people are, and I know how long they've been there. And I know some of the things they've been through. And even, you know, honestly, even just the, the U.S. pastors, usually in the Antioch movement, the U.S. pastors are kind of looked down on by all the international people. Because they're like, we're really out in the field, you know. <laughs> but after the last few years, there's a little bit more compassion for us U.S. pastors from the international folks. They're like, I, you guys actually do go through some stuff. <laughs> so, oh. Uh, so, but anyways, you step in the room, and, and it's just like, oh, my gosh. Like, you are in the most closed nation on the earth, and you've been there for a while. You're in the second most closed nation on the earth. You're in that Middle Eastern nation that's run by who again, you know, and just like all these places. And even just some U.S. places that have gone, their cities have gone through crazy stuff. And I, I kind of don't know if I'm allowed to, like, say them because people search the internet for that kind of stuff, and I don't want anybody to get in trouble, so I'm kind of doing my best here. But if you can think of a really hard nation, there is what I'm talking about, and then the ones you're not thinking of, those two. But honestly, and it's like, wow, you and your kids have been there for years, and you're not just like there hanging out. You are people, you are dying in the place of prayer. You are laying your life down just to be there, just to share the gospel and believe for, you know, in these unreached people groups, meaning there's, there's thousands of people groups in the world ranging from a few thousand people to millions of people in these groups that don't have a single believer or a single witness for, of Christ and, and never have since the people group was even birthed however many centuries ago. And so these folks are going there and they're like, I'm going there, I'm laying my life down for these people who have never heard. Never heard the name of Jesus, have no concept of God and the grace of God and laying their lives down. And so you just walk in the room and you're like, oh my gosh, like, what is this place? And I feel that sometimes with you guys too. You're, you're all crazy. You know, you walk into this place at church sometimes and you're like, man, this is really cool. Like, these people love God and they're, they're doing it. They're living for Jesus. So that was just a blessing and a gift to walk in and, and be overcome with, I don't even know what the word would be, but thankfulness for sure. And so then we start worshiping, you know, and you're like seeing some people just getting rocked by God, just on the floor, weeping, getting prayed for. And I'm like, when, how many years has it been since you were in a room with more than like four other Christians? All the, all the while living in a world trying to share the gospel every day and pray for people who don't care. And now you're just able to be with these 300 people who are all laying their lives down for Jesus and you're worshiping and praying and I have no idea what God's doing in you but it's shaping nations I do know that kind of like how Kingdom Conference a few weeks ago you know you were looking around the room and you're like I don't know what God's doing over there but it matters it's big and we're so thankful so it's just such a gift to be a part of that and I just say that because God is moving guys like this stuff is real God's doing amazing things
Um, we got to hear a lot of testimonies, and uh, if, if you've been around our church this year, you know that a word that God's spoken to us for our movement is, uh, is this ignite the boiler room word. Who has heard me say that or somebody say that this year? Ignite the boiler room. So the Lord's been speaking to us as an Antioch movement for several years about this Queen Mary ship that was a cruise liner that the military conscripted in World War II and retrofitted it from a luxury liner to a military liner. And it was one of the things that helped the Allies win the war because it could carry more people than any boat has ever carried before. And it was just lapping around the world transporting troops. And the Lord spoke to us as a movement and said, I'm conscripting you for such a time as this. And so we need to be retrofitted from anywhere that we're a luxury liner to be a military troop carrier. That's what God's doing in us as a people. That's who we're called to be. We're called to be troops. We're called to be a troop carrier as a movement and as local churches. And so that's why I talked about building the home last week. And I said, if you're going to come here, you're going to be built. That's what we do is we build, we build ourselves. We get built in the Lord. We build each other for the things of God. And so that's what we're called to as a people. That's our lane to run. And we want to be that. And so God's been speaking to us about the, the Queen Mary. And so the Queen Mary had what powered it was the boiler room. And it had the, the biggest, most state-of-the-art boiler room of any ship ever that had been built up to that point. And it's why it was able to be so powerful and so fast. And so the Lord spoke to our movement this year, ignite the boiler room. Go down into the depths of the ship. It's Matthew 6 when Jesus says, when you go to pray, go in, shut the door. Because your father who sees in secret rewards in secret. He's been calling us. He's saying, light the fire in the secret place. Light the fire in the boiler room. It doesn't matter if anybody can see it. It doesn't matter if it's comfortable. Go down into the depths. Go shut the doors in this secret place and get ignited by the presence of God. And so we've been trying to do that as a local church. We've been doing more prayer and all kinds of different stuff. And that's been something we're like, Lord, don't totally know how to do that, but take our little weak efforts and ignite the boiler room in us. And, but the movement's been doing that all around the world. All around the country, everybody's been having this prayer that you've been praying this year. Lord, I don't know what that means, but I'm here for it. Ignite the boiler room in me. Ignite the boiler room in my home, in our church. Amen. Whatever it means, please, Lord. So you step into this room and you could just, it, it's like, you just know that all these other people from all these different places all around the world, they've been carrying the same thing. They've been going after the same thing. And it's just this like, whoa, thank you, God. And so the sessions were all planned out and stuff, but like none of them ever happened according to plan. Like in three days, there was, I think, four different times where there was something going on, something was being shared, or somebody was called up to share a testimony, and it just turned into spontaneous prayer and worship, ranging from 40 minutes to two and a half hours. So one guy gets up and he starts sharing testimony. He, he's in Thailand among the Buddhists, in the Buddhist world, and he's been there for a long time, and he's just an absolute maniac of a man. <laughs> so, like, it, I was telling the pastors this morning, like, for those of you who know Lou Engle with, like, prayer and fasting, like, picture him except in Thailand and church planting. And he's just like, you know, like this maniac, and it just burns for the, not just for God, but he burns for prayer and fasting for the sake of the Buddhist world. He's like, that's what he's giving his life for. I'm like, oh, gosh. 
So he gets up and he starts sharing testimonies about movements that are starting to happen, which means not just people coming to the Lord, but people who are starting to make disciples. And not just people who are making disciples, but they're starting house churches that are starting house churches that are starting house churches. And so like, it's not just some people are getting saved. It's like churches are starting, and he's talking about this, and then he's like, and so we get our leaders together, and we do these three-day uh, conferences called Catalysts, and I'm like, we have a Catalyst in America. We do three-day conferences, and he's like, Friday nights, we cry out for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and then Saturdays, we wake up, and we, we, we fast all three days, and Saturday, we wake up, and we pray for 12 hours in, in four three-hour chunks. The first three hours is intercession. The second three hours is this. The third three hours is that. The fourth three hours is that. I'm like, that's not how we do conferences. But <laughs> it's just like, oh my gosh, like, yes, Lord, oh my goodness. So he starts sharing, and, and then some another team comes up from another place in the Buddhist world, and they're like, God's doing this in the Buddhist world, and here's what's starting to happen, and you're just like, oh my gosh, it's happening. Like, these are in people groups and in parts of the world that have never seen salvation before let alone churches started. Like, we can't even conceptualize this stuff. It's so foreign to us. And so they share, and everybody, I mean, the whole weekend, it was like the whole room, kind of like some of you are right now, it felt like the room was on the edge of its seat the whole week, just like, somebody just tell me to pray. <laughs> like, this is amazing, don't stop talking, but shut up, I don't want to pray. <laughs> and it just had this, like, anticipation in the air, you know, and so they're sharing these testimonies, everybody's excited, but everyone's like, ah, you know, and, and Jimmy's a smart enough guy, he stands up, he's like, we're praying for the Buddhist world, and everyone's like, you know, but he gets up, and he's like, you know, we could go on for hours about these testimonies happening in the Buddhist world, not just in Antioch, but all these different organizations, and Jimmy says that the consensus in the body of Christ in the Buddhist world is that the wall is leaning, he says, everybody up and get praying now, Pray that the wall would fall. The time is now for the Buddhist world. So it was like, we're going to pray for a few minutes. We prayed for 45 minutes. Everybody just stands up and starts praying. Of course, he starts off just, everybody pray in tongues and get in small groups. And so the first few minutes, just do that until you get a small group, and then you start praying in English. You know, it's like, can't waste time. Got to start praying now, you know. But it's time for the Buddhist world. Aren't you encouraged? All right, so we're going to pray. I, what else are we going to do? Turn, turn I, don't, I don't know, turn to two people next to you and pray, 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 uh, pray that Buddhists would come to know Jesus right now. Pray for, just, you don't have to know anything. Just start praying. Just pray that. Pray that Buddhists would come to know Jesus. Pray that their hearts would be open. Pray for salvation in the Buddhist world. If you don't know what to pray, pray this. Pray, God, I believe that the wall is leaning. And I'm asking that you would knock it down right now in Jesus' name. Pray that prayer. You can pray this prayer. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters in the Buddhist world that you'd give them strength and endurance and power to preach the gospel. Pray for Buddhist people who are meeting with Christians right now who are hungry. Pray that they would take the step of being born again.
Lord, we pray for the Buddhist world, and we believe, we partner with you right now. We believe, oh God, we pray for these people, that you would adopt them into your kingdom by the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray that every stronghold in their minds and their hearts would come down, and that the church would be strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit to be witnesses to you to all nations. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can keep praying, or we're going to pray again here in a second, but I'm just going to keep going because it's amazing how short time is, but we're doing it. So Thailand and the Buddhist world, praise the Lord. Then, and so that blew up into a bunch of prayer. And then they, the next day, uh, they had <laughs> one of my friends, he's been in the Middle East for a long time, and everybody in the movement calls him Tigger because he just like, when he starts talking about prayer, he just, <laughs> we just have to pray. And he just, it's, he's just the most... I'm like, I've got to get you to Indianapolis. And, and just so you know, like he's, one of the, he's the first missionary we started to support as a church. And I was thinking like a week and a half ago, he randomly came to my mind. And I was like, God, that might be the best thing we do as a church. Right. <laughs> and it's, it'll be the last thing we ever do. <laughs> if this church goes down, the last thing we're doing is we're giving to him as long as we can. <laughs> right. And then I saw him and he, he was like, hey, man, like a week and a half ago, I was just thinking about you. Just praying for you and your church. You guys have been so faithful to us, and we just feel so loved and cared for, and we're just praying for you guys. Come on. <laughs> like, I love you. <laughs> so he, he gets up, and he tells a story, and he says, I remember being in the Antioch Waco offices in 2003 or so, and he's like, I was walking across the office to make a photocopy, and I hear somebody in another office start shouting. Something, it was something like, Joy gave her life to the Lord. Joy gave her life to the Lord. And he's like, that's amazing. Who's that? And the person says, well, it was something like, well, our, our team in, in Afghanistan has been meeting with this girl, and she's been hungry, and we've, we've all been praying for her, and she just gave her life to the Lord. They just gave us a report. She gave her life to the Lord. And I was like, oh, my gosh, praise God. This is amazing. And then he moved into the Middle East himself with his family in 2007. And he says, he's like, so I started meeting with all the teams from around the region. People had been there since the 60s and the 70s and the 80s asking them, what's God doing? How can we partner with you in prayer? And he said, together they were sharing with us that they, all together they were seeing about four to five salvations a decade. He said, and now there's hundreds and thousands of movements happening which he defines as a church that has two different streams of four more churches, house churches. So hundreds or thousands of movements happening. If you pull up your map and you look at the Middle East, yes, that country, pick one. It's happening in all of them. Among terrorist organizational leaders, among families and imams and everybody, like it's happening. It's happening, and if you've been in church for a while, especially if you're older than me, you know that, I don't know, maybe back in the 90s or so, the church really started praying for what was called the 1040 window, that, that kind of GPS window. That's sort of the Muslim world, because as you know, there was four to five salvations a decade, and the church, especially in, in America, picked up that banner and started praying for the 1040 window, and now there's movements happening. Because prayer matters. It matters that we pray for the nations. It matters that you go to the nations. It matters that we carry the nations in our heart. It matters that we give to the nations, that we pray for them, that we go to them. And it's happening. And then, of course, this, this guy, he's, he's like, oh, he's just going. And he's like, but it's not enough. There's like 2.8 billion Muslims. More laborers have to go. More people have to come. More movements have to get started. Don't stop praying. Okay, so Gambrels, come on up here. Yes. 
tell us. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's the way you set the table. I tell you, you're out there for a mission. Okay. Just, tell us, okay. just get, get to the bottom line. You're going. Okay. All right. All right, guys. Thank you, guys. Hey, I just want to say, first of all, sorry, thank you. I'm obviously not used to holding the mic. That's right. I love you guys. I love this church. I came here. I felt out of place. Awkward since I got back to the States. We served overseas for about eight years. Four in Spain with North Africans and four in North Africa. I was lost. I felt awkward, socially awkward. You guys came in and you welcomed me. You made me feel at home. You made me feel like a safe place. My life group, the Zetons, the Poers, everybody in it, you welcomed me. And I thank you. And not only that, you guys are a hungry people. Hey, we don't ever hear people talk about the need for Muslims to hear the gospel. He's talking about it right now. They need the gospel. We've met so many people who've never met a Christian before. And that's our heart. We're going back with YWAM, North Africa, and Spain, and we'll be traveling into North Africa. We just want to give our lives to them. We want to give our lives to sharing the gospel with North African Muslims who have never, ever met a Christian before. That's our heart. We've seen him surprise them by being healed on the spot. We've seen them ready to follow Jesus right away. And we are constantly encouraged by the bold believers there who still follow Jesus in spite of persecution. And thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. We love you guys. Uh, we're going to be out back. You can come meet us, and uh, we can share more stories with you. Thank you, Andrew. Stay up here. We're going to pray for them, but their support raising, they're stuck at about 40%. They need to be at 70% before they can get visas and all that sort of stuff. So uh, we're going to pray. And there's some of you in here who feel called to pray for the nations. We've started Nations Prayer. Diego Ramos has started that with the Lambs and uh, Julia as well. And just, it's amazing. And so you have to be a part of that. If you feel called to pray for the nations, you, you need to go to Nations Prayer. Like, just make that a non-negotiable. I've talked to so many of you, like, how do I steward this? Go to Nations Prayer. Start praying. Step one, first of all, have to. And so we're all going to pray right now. But if you are feeling pricked for the nations at all, you've got to go to Nations Prayer. So go ask them, uh, Diego, or the Ramoses and the Lambs, about that. Um, and we're going we're gonna to pray right now. But, but we can also give into what God's doing. We give to our friends in Antioch. They're going with YWAM, which we love YWAM so much. And we just love you guys so much. And so some of you need to give because you're like, I feel called to the nations. Or I just, I, some of you feel called to go to the nations and God's telling you to stay. I've been talking with some of you recently. Some of you are just like, I mean, yeah, I love the, I want Muslims who don't know Jesus to know Jesus. I don't, but you're not feeling called to go, give. Like, give. If you have anything in you that you're just like, how do I participate in the nations? Even if it's $10 a month or if it's $2,000 a month, it doesn't matter what it is. Just say yes to what God's doing. Pray into what he's doing and start giving into what he's doing. And then, obviously, some people go. So that's our kind of mantra around here at the nations. You can pray, you can give, you can go, or you can do two or three of those things. So uh, front rows, y'all come up and lay hands on them. Everybody else, just extend a hand towards the gambrels as we send them out. I mean, they're going to be around a little while longer, but, you know. Lord, we thank you for the gambrels, and we bless them in Jesus' name. That we ask that your fresh anointing would come on them to preach the gospel in the power of Jesus.
in North Africa. Lord, we're crying out for North Africa, and we thank you for what you're doing there. We thank you for what you're doing throughout all of the Muslim world. We thank you that you hear our prayers. We thank you that you have heard the prayers for decades. Lord, you've heard those who are crying out. You're coming to them in dreams. You're healing them. Lord, we pray for every uh, every team of believers throughout the Muslim world right now that they be strengthened and unified in the name of Jesus. We pray that the financing that they need would come through. That We pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would prick people's hearts in this room right now, whether they think it's a lot or a little, that they would just do what you say, because you are the one that's the provider. You give the daily bread. And so, Lord, we're in for praying. We're in for giving. And we send them out in the power of Jesus. We thank you for our friends who are all throughout the Middle East right now and the testimony of what you're doing. Lord, we do believe. We thank you. And we say we're blown away, but it's not enough. And we need more. And you are saying, send laborers to the harvest. And so, Lord, we're partnering with you now for what you're doing in the Muslim world and what you're doing in the Gambrels. We thank you for them. We love them. Strengthen them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So they'll be out in the back if you want to talk to them. If you just, if you feel pricked, there is something you can give. And it's not, it'll provide for them, which is amazing, but you go with them. And if you feel pricked, it's not obligation, it's invitation. So don't miss it. Don't miss that opportunity. Oh, we can talk. Oh my gosh, there's this other thing too. One of the teams in the Middle East, they built this app and it's to lead what's called Discovery Bible Study. And it's amazing. And they, are, they have it in like 25 languages right now. It's, it, people are using it all around the world, especially out in the Middle East, to lead small group discussions. People have no idea how to lead anything. You literally take it and press this play and it's like, okay, everybody, go around and talk about what you learned last week and how you responded. And then it goes, beep. So that's when you pause it and you answer that question. And then the leader just pushes play. And it's like, okay, open up your Bibles to this. We're going to read it. Beep. And then you read. And it's just like, what the heck? And so it's, it's happening all over the world. And for those of you who are like, oh, that's great for overseas, 40% of the users are in the U.S. So if you're like, I want to know how to lead discussions with my coworkers or my neighbors. I have no idea where to start. I have, there's an app for that. <laughs> it's literally, it's, it, but it's like for real and it's awesome and it's easy. And, and you, ha- you need, to, I'm going to start saying this a lot now these last few minutes. Email me this week if you're like, I need to take action on that. If God's been stirring evangelism in you or if there's something going on, like you just need more information. I can't get into it now, but reach out to me this week because there's a lot of this that God's been stirring in us as a church for the last six years. And it's like, it's a new day to like start doing some stuff that we've been praying about for years. And so some of you are just ready. You're like, yeah, I can do that. It's awesome. Or, or I can help coordinate those in our church who want to do that. So let's do this together. The girl who shared about the, the prayer, there's so much prayer happening in this church right now. It's crazy and it's amazing. And you've got to keep doing it if you're doing it. And if you want to learn how to pray, reach out to me this week and I'll point you to people who are doing it at some time where you can do it. <laughs> Uh, after Kingdom Conference, a small group was like, we got to keep praying. So they, they met at 5.30 every day for 10 days and just kept praying for you and for our church. Pre-service prayer, there's so many different things, but I'm going to stop at that. Just if you are like, oh, I want to learn how to pray, who's going to teach me or how do I learn? Like, we're doing it already. Just let us know and we'll connect you. Um, yeah, because they're there. Okay. Oh, I could go on that for so long. Also, oh, also, there's prayer happening in the movement around the world, and there's this girl who's coordinating it, and they've been doing uh, Monday through Saturday evening revival prayer for the movement for the last, like, two years. 
and the movement's really trying to get to 24-7 prayer around the world, and like we're right, like basically we're doing it, we just haven't coordinated yet, because especially because of time zones, it's like, how easy is that? So if you want to be a part of that, or if you want to be like connected to what God's doing in prayer in the movement, let me know. I, I'm looking for some key people to connect with her who can kind of help carry that for us, and all kinds of different things. So there's a spot for you. You don't have to do everything, but you can do something. And so those of you who I'm talking to, you know I'm talking to you, even though I don't know I'm talking to you, but you do. <laughs> you know who you are. So that's amazing. I'm about to get to some good stuff now. Oh, also, we need to be praying for uh, like evangelism in our city. So if you are like, fired up for that. We've got some alpha course training starting here, I think next month. So that's going to be awesome. And then, oh, there's this guy who he's this crazy dude who's doing nothing crazy other than he's just doing it. On his own, he started doing these like Facebook ads in cities about like, hey, like if you're not feeling good, just message me on Facebook Messenger. I want to pray for you. And he's getting hundreds of people responding to him and he's praying for them over messenger and like people are getting healed and connected and he basically is like you know honestly if there's a couple hundred bucks you guys can spend so I'm like yes I don't care I'll sell my everything just to do a $500 Facebook ad what what he's like basically he's like I could probably find you in your zip code a hundred hungry people because it's just, it's just happening. I'm like, I, we've tried that before too. So I don't know what this dude's doing different than I did. But I don't care. It's working now. Praise the Lord. So anyways, he was doing that in the States on his own time. And then, oh, remember? Y'all remember when I went to Burma a couple years ago? Yeah. Told you crazy stories. And then there was a coup in Burma. I don't know if you know about that. God's doing outrageous things in Burma. Oh my goodness. So this dude moved over there and has been doing that around the nation of Burma. And basically, like, church planning movements are happening, starting with like Instagram ads and Facebook ads. So if you're like, I want to help with that somehow, like we got to do it. Yeah. We just need because if you're like, I'd be willing to be given those phone numbers or something, just reach out to me. We'll go from there. What else do you need to know about? That's completely disorganized. I know it is okay. It is okay. Evangelism, so much stuff. Okay, praise God. Now we'll get to the really fun stuff. Okay. So boiler room word. Remember when we talked about that at the beginning of all this? So God's been calling our movement to that. During one of the times that it kind of blew up and everybody's praying, um, was anybody at Kingdom Conference Friday night? At the very end, Rob MacArthur shared, he shared, he's like, he said, I, I sense the Lord turning his face towards us. And he yeah. said, you have my attention. And it's just such a rich word and oh, so powerful. So we're in Rome this week, and this kind of thing is happening in the room. Like, all the, we're just loving Jesus and praying, worshiping. And I just, I feel that same, I feel that thing. I'm like, I, I'm like, I sense the Lord turning to us as a movement. And he said, you did it. You lit the boiler room. And I'm looking around them, and he said, this is, a, this is an ignited boiler room. The, the, the call was, and, and so this five-year Queen Mary word, so it's, we don't need to get into all that. All I'm saying is there's like uh, been some words and it's un, kind of, we're kind of pursuing it one year at a time. But this, this Ignite the Boiler Room, the point is the Ignite the Boiler Room was like, I felt the Lord say it was a test. It was the first word that was a test. Like, will you, will you do it? Will you Ignite the Boiler Room? And he said, you passed the test. 
But it's not a test that we pass so we can get the blessing. The boiler room is the blessing. It is, it is the gift. It is because that's where he is. He's in the secret place. He is the blessing. We don't, we don't ignite the boiler room and learn to pray so we can get to something. We pray because prayer is the end. He's the end. He's the point. Knowing him, it's, it's all about him, and that's where the power is. And so I, I, share, that, I share that with Jimmy. We're talking about it, and it's just like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't believe it. It's amazing. And it's like, it's, but it's a, that's a shift to say we're igniting the boiler room to saying this is now who, this is, it's lit. This puppy's burning. And so now we're not trying to ignite it anymore. We're just, we're, we're in it. And, and, um, God's been speaking that, like, in the last few years around the movement, it's like, God, what have you been doing in all of this mess? And one of the things that God's been saying to so many different people is this idea that he's been tapping his friends on the shoulder in the midst of the chaos. And all that, everything's shaking, God's been tapping your shoulder and saying, will you, will you stay focused on me? Will you come to me? Will you let everything shake and just choose me above it all? And that's what happens in the boiler room. You choose friendship with Jesus. And he's saying, you did it. You're my friend. And so to all of you who are praying and have prayed, and those of you just who are a part of this, like we step into this stuff when you come to church, when you're part of this movement. It's just, you get to come under that, you know? Like, wow, it's been happening. Oh my gosh, like we're friends with God. He, he's, he was inviting us to him the whole time. It wasn't some project to do. Just amazing. Uh, okay, so I felt the Lord say, you did it. And then... Another thing that you might be familiar with is the scripture that kind of Antioch got planted with originally back in the 90s is Isaiah 54. And uh, I don't have it in front of me, but it's, it's uh, how, does it, how does it start? Why can't I ever remember the first three words? Isaiah 54, two through three. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Spare not. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your pegs. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left, and your descendants will possess nations and will resettle desolate cities. So if you've been around here, remember, do not hold back that word a few years ago. So been a big promise for us as a, as a movement. So just, I'm, I'm putting, this is all going to come together. Think, so just remember the boiler room and the ship Queen Mary thing. And then Isaiah 54, this tent, lengthen the cords, strengthen the pegs. People, we will people desolate cities. And, think, and remember the generations. It says your children, right? Okay. So, like the day after that whole the boiler room has been lit thing, there's another time going on, and Jimmy and this uh, kind of girl who's helping lead some prophetic stuff in the movement right now, they get up and they start sharing this word for, for the movement, and it just starts to button up a whole bunch of stuff, and so I want you just to receive this as I unpack it. It's my third, fourth time, fourth time sharing this this morning already. Yeah. Every room I've been in, if there's been another person there, I'm like, listen. <laughs> okay, Isaiah 33, 20. In the NASB, it says this. Look upon Zion, the city of your appointed feasts. Your eyes will see Jerusalem, an undisturbed habitation. So Zion, Jerusalem, think not just geographical location. Think that we're talking about the kingdom of God the house of God, the city of God. Are you tracking with me here? So like you will see Zion. You will, you will see the, yeah, all the good stuff. 
God and his dwelling. Look up, look upon Zion, the city of your appointed feast. Your eyes will see the city of God, the, the glory of God, an undisturbed habitation. The glory, so we're talking about the glory of God, a tent which will not be folded. It won't be folded. Stretch out your tent because it won't be folded. Its stakes will never be pulled up. Lengthen your stakes. Nor any of its cords be torn apart. Strengthen your cords. That's the kingdom of God. That we give our lives to the tent of God, the city of God, the secret place, the boiler room. When you give yourself to this, you come under the tent that will never be folded, whose cords will never be torn up, whose stakes will never be ripped up. Praise God. Okay, so we've got Isaiah 54 right there, right? Amen. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. You know, it's like, how have we never read this verse before? Is that new? <laughs> okay, so this is awesome. Isaiah 33, 20. Okay, yes, God, amen. A tent that won't be folded. Yes, Isaiah 54, Isaiah 33, amen. But then the next verse, 21. But there, in the boiler room, in the tent, in the city of God, there, in the NASB it says, but there, the majestic one. But you could just live right there forever. The majestic one? Yes, please. Okay. But there, the majestic one, the Lord will be for us. And that's, what we, that's who we find in the boiler room. We find him. There is the majestic one. In his tent, in his house, in the boiler room, in the place of prayer, in the secret place. The father who sees in secret because he's there. The majestic one. And when we go into that secret place, when you go into the place of prayer with God, when you go into the place of obedience with God, when you go into the place of sacrifice with God, when you go into the place of yes to Jesus, you find yourself in the tent that will not be folded, and its strength and its cords will not be torn apart. Its stakes will not be pulled up, and it's ever-expanding. And when you find yourself in the place of prayer, you are protected, and then it expands because the generations are coming in. The nations are coming in. Your neighbors are coming in. It's, it's not so you can have a bigger tent it's so that more people can come under the tent and see him the majestic one the majestic one the lord and he will be for them okay but they're the majestic one the lord will be for us a place of rivers and wide canals so we've got all oh, through the Psalms, you have the river of God. It's the, the, the rivers of living water flowing out of us. The Holy Spirit, the life of Christ inside of us. Rivers are everywhere in the Bible, and they're always good and power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A place of rivers and wide canals and on, uh, on which no boat with oars will go and on which no mighty ship will pass. So I think Jimmy shared this when he was here, too. But he's sharing it this week. He was talking about all the things that have been happening in the last few years. And the Lord's been speaking to the movement, but it's just, it's just a good word for you and for me too, like all of us. But the Lord's been saying like, hey, kind of Antioch, like, I love you. You've done, it's been 25 or 30 years. It's been a great 25, 30 years. Glory of God. Church plan, blah, blah, blah. So many good stuff. I love you. I'm so proud of you. But the Lord's been speaking so clearly to us. Like, it's been so good, but if you want to keep going, you're going to have to let go at a new level. And this is where this verse 21 buttons it all up. It's in the place of prayer, in the boiler room. Because, and, and God's saying, it's been great, but if you want to keep going on the river of God, 
It's a river where boats with oars don't get to go. Oars being your effort, your strength, your direction. It's been great, and I love you, and I'm proud of you, and I receive you. But God's like saying, he's going to keep going. There's more. And there's more for you. But you've got to put the oars down. You've got to put the oars down. And he says, for the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will save us. Your tackle hangs slack. It cannot hold the base of its mass firmly nor spread out the sail. Then the prey of an abundant spoil will be divided. The lame will take the plunder. And no resident will say, I am sick. The people who dwell there will be forgiven their iniquity. I have no idea what to do right now. We'll have the worship team come up and play because it's beautiful whenever they do that. So that's always a good start. Um... So my point in sharing all of this is, of course, a boat with a boiler room doesn't need oars. Think about the Queen Mary. Or if you don't know what that is, think about Titanic. You know, How silly would it have been if somebody went down and stuck their little oar out the window and said, I'm taking us across the ocean. <laughs> That's how silly it would be to try to control what God's doing understand it all completely make it go the way you want it to go and you can row all the way across that ocean and get exhausted but you didn't help (laughs) you'd be exhausted and and be exhausted worthlessly and so I I was oh I forgot the okay (sighs) guys okay so did you hear everything I just said all right then Heather tells me this morning, so this group that's been praying every morning, you know? So last Wednesday, I didn't know this, last Wednesday, uh, Laurel sends out on the group text, last Wednesday morning after prayer, Josh and, I were ta- Josh and I were talking on the way home today, feeling like the Holy Spirit is schooling us in a new and living way that he has ushered in through the veil. And I saw us all in a boat, and the voice of Jesus saying, will you throw away your oars? Will you raise your sails and let me do what only I can do? And then, Crystal responds to the text message, stop it. (laughs) Legitimately, last night, as I was rocking Nolan to sleep, I got a picture of me going down a river without an oar and legit heard heard the Lord say, who will you let steer you? What do I do with that? You know, you think, okay, Andrew, what do I do with that? I don't know other than put your oars down. I was texting Jimmy this morning. I sent him all that, and I voiced him. I'm like, you, you should listen to this now. <laughs> and so we've been going back and forth all morning. He's just like, what? This is crazy. God's speaking. Did they know about Isaiah 33? I'm like, no, nobody's ever read Isaiah 33. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then listen, listen. Then... Then, Jesus, mercy over the kids' workers for a few minutes, God. And I pray they'd receive this in the spirit, Lord. Okay, then, uh, one of the things that blew everything up this week was this whole generational thing going on in the movement. 
And because uh, like even in the natural, like Jimmy's kids, Jimmy and Lorda's kids are starting to lead stuff. So that's just kind of where we're at. There's like for real generations happening, not just spiritual generations. And so genera- it was like, all right, older generation, pray over the younger ones. And it blew up for like two hours, just the blessing of God on generations. And Jimmy responded to me this morning. He goes, I love that that second moment, it was while she was rocking her baby. You know, like God's just on this generational thing. And I'm like, we gotta build the home, man. Like, and then, and then, this last week, after the whole generational thing, I go up to, to Jimmy and Joe afterwards. I'm like, guys, God's been speaking to us this year about this bring me another jar word, you know, like the widow, she has no oil. And so the prophet says, go find jars and not too few. And we've been talking about that. Bring me another jar. But what does he say? And then go into your house with your sons and lock the door. There's unlimited oil when the generations come together and believe for the outpouring of God, believe for the promises of God, the things of God. There's, there's, there's oil of the Lord on you when you say, I don't even know how to parent my kids or raise my kids or work in eight kids or do any of these things. But that's where the blessing of God is. He's speaking. So what do we do with all that? I don't know other than we do it. So I texted Jimmy back. I said, have you, heard, have you guys all heard the phrase, uh, burn the ships? It's this idea that uh, old, this old ancient general, I think, used to say, that, I don't know, somebody did, Cortez. I don't know where he was, so. Kennedy, Kennedy, Mary, great. It's like, take the military, take the, take the explorers, and you land on the shore, and they would burn the ships. They'd burn the ship. There's no going back. We're going forward or we're dying, but there's no going back because the ships are gone. So what do we do? I texted you and I said, burn the oars. And that's what I'm inviting you into this morning. What does it mean? It means what it means. <laughs> what is God telling you? Burn the oars. Burn your own effort. Burn your own ideas. Burn your need to hold on to everything and make it go the way you need it to go. Burn all your preferences and everything has to line up with all of that. Burn your selfish ambition. Let them burn it in the boiler room. Take the oars out of the window. Stop rolling with them and throw them in the boiler room fire. Fuel the boiler room with your selfish ambition, with your own pride, with your own ideas. Just just say, God, you can burn it all. And that's where the power is. That's where the power is. God's inviting you in all of his grace to the boiler room. What do I do? What do I bring? What do I bring in the place of prayer? Bring your oars and burn them. Burn them. Guys, God is moving. He's not just moving in this church. All these testimonies I'm sharing with you, this is not like how it always is. Like it is because God's, of course, God's always doing these things, but also like this is, I mean, from, from the personal stuff to the church stuff to the nation stuff, all of it is like people around the world, leaders around the world have been sowing into this stuff for decades. There's just a collective speechlessness right now with what God's doing on the earth. And it's like, what do you do? You just like Jimmy was here, you know, when he just laid down, it's like, that's what you do. And I'm just, I, I just, I, I don't know what else to say other than lean into that. Give yourself to the Lord. Okay, so everybody stand up. And they're just, they're gonna lead us in a song and I'm gonna pray over you and then somebody in your 
family needs to go get your kids. You can bring them back in if they want, if you want. Bring the generations on in. Just ask them to sit down and not run around. But let's, let's burn the oars, guys. Let's burn the oars. Let's give ourselves to the kingdom of God. Give yourselves. This whole build the home thing that we're going to start leaning into, I don't know, it's, it's going to be a long haul deal, but just believe. So I'm calling you to a moment of faith right now. So I'm going to pray for you. We just open your hands if you're like, I don't even know, but I want to receive this. I want my heart to be good soil for the word of the kingdom. Lord, we pray right now that we would be a people of the boiler room. Lord, we pray that we would all, we would, just to get all the prophetic language in there, Lord, we pray that we would be a people of the boiler room. We're praying that this right now would be an all-aboard moment for us. Personally, that I would say, I, I am all aboard. My family is all on board for what God's doing. This church is all on board, Lord, for what you're doing. So teach us. Teach us, God. We don't need to drive the ship. We just want to go into the boiler room and burn our oars and let you take us wherever you want to go. Lord, we're praying that you would highlight all of the oars in our life and teach us how to throw them into the fire, that you would burn us. Lord, we're praying that we would jump into the fire, that we would touch and jump into the resurrection power of Christ <coughs> as we are crucified with you in the flesh. Lord, I pray over my brothers and sisters, oh God, that you would capture their hearts right now. Lord, I pray for anybody here who doesn't follow you, that this would be the moment where they're just like, forget it. I don't get it, but I'm in. You need to come to the Lord Jesus. Come and trust him. Come and let him free you and make you be born again. Lord, I'm praying for all of us. We would just say yes. We're asking, Lord, we, we turn our attention towards you. You said that we had your attention and our responses. You have our attention. You have our attention. Your will, your way, your power. Come and blow on us, Holy Spirit. So before they start singing, I'm going to give announcements, which sounds funky, but it's the Lord. <laughs> because we've got to do this stuff. And I'm asking you, if you're a part of this church, get on board and serve in kids. Build the home with us. This is our mandate from God. We had 12 people sign up over the last week, which is awesome. We need at least 18 more. There's signups in the connect area before you leave. If you're not serving in kids, if God hasn't said don't and you're part of this church, please sign up nation's prayer. It's happening. Talk to them on your way out. Family dinner is coming up on December 4th. If you're a new part of this family and you're saying, I want to step under the blessing and the leadership and the power and the history of this house, come to family dinner. You can sign up on your way out. That was one of That's it. Praise the Lord. So if you need to respond, come to the front. If you just want to worship or whatever it is, let's just offer ourselves to the Lord. And for those of you who need to go get kids, go ahead and do that. I love you so much. I love following Jesus with you. This is amazing. Let's be in this together. I love you so much.